Welcome back to Secondhand Therapy. Uh, we want to remind you that we are not doctors or therapists or professionals of any kind. It's true. We're just two dudes going through it. Just Papa Bear and his little boy. Just going through it. <laughs> but we have a guest today. We have a guest. Tell them about our guest. Uh, we have adult film star and comedian and a good friend of ours, Sylvia yeah, Sage, Sylvia is on Sage. the show. Sylvia Sage is in the studio today. She's great. She's fantastic. She is incredible. She is super funny. She is so genuine, an absolute sweetheart. Very, very honest. We get uh, real deep, real dark. Yeah, we got to let you guys know. We're going to give you a little trigger warning here. Um, in this episode, some things are going to come up. We're going to be discussing depression, anxiety. We're also going to be getting into um, talks of suicide, suicidal ideation, suicidal thoughts, and suicide attempts. So if um, those types of things are hard for you to listen or can be triggering, this might not be the episode for you. Um, thank you for being with us. Please subscribe to the channel, and thanks for watching. Enjoy the show. something that I, I struggle with is, and we've been talking about this a lot in the past few episodes, is body image and Ugh. self-love and all yeah. those things. And uh, I, I am very curious on if, if you have any of that because you spend most of your life naked on camera. Yeah. And how does that mess with your psyche when it comes to like body image and self-love and all those things? I have every kind of body image possible um and body image problem possible let's say that i have had so much plastic surgery i have changed completely my look from head to toe i mean i've my hair color is different than how i grew up i got a nose job i have fillers in my face and in my lips and i have botox filling my entire face and i spray tan every day of my life and i wear fake nails i just i'm constantly trying to obtain this my ideal of perfection and trying to stay young because I compete with 20 year olds constantly mm. and I'm, and I'm naked next to these 20 year olds and I, you know, I'm in the gym constantly. Like I'm always about how I tighten my body and look better. And I'm, I'm always constantly worried about the foods I consume because I'm a pothead. So I eat a lot right. of snacks. <laughs> yeah. I love snacks. I love ice cream. I love all the things I shouldn't. So I'm like, I beat myself up every day over the things I consume in the evenings. Like, I'm my own worst critic, but I'm really, I journal every single morning. That was something a therapist brought to me a long time ago is, mm -hmm. is like journaling to my younger self, to the little girl. I, and I just imagine this little girl. I have this one photo when I was a little kid, I was reading to my stuffed animals and I couldn't read and the book was upside down. And I look at that photo is like ingrained in my head because I'm telling that little girl, like one day you will be able to read one day you will be entertaining crowds, you know, because like I just, I talk really nice to her and tell her she's beautiful and you know, she's, she's going places and she's doing things, but it is so hard. I think the body image to me is the, the one where I'm like, Oh, I don't have a problem. I just stay fit, but it is a problem. It is a 
problem to the fact that I, I felt bad about eating Thanksgiving, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. so you're saying it doesn't get easier no matter if no. you're in, you know, quote yeah. unquote, ideal shape or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, that is the thing is, is you, you work so hard on your body and you, yeah. and you, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people look up to and go, oh man, I, I wish I could look like her. Yeah. And I have that a lot of times with my career where you, you're at a position, you get opportunities and then you go, man, this isn't enough. Yeah. And you can't think, you know, you, you don't think of the people that would go, man, I would kill to yeah. have X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And it still just doesn't, it's not enough. It's a, it's a Hollywood climb too. I feel like it's, it's worse here. I feel like I never worried about putting on a few extra pounds living back home in Kansas city. You know, it's, and I never worried about how many projects I had going on at once. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I worked at a, you know, I worked at a hospital and I had to be at work at 6am and I would just go to work and do my job. And then I would come home. I might stop at the grocery store on the way home. Like life was just so much simpler, but out here, you're right. It is what's the next thing I'm doing? You mm-hmm. know, even when I walked up to you and you're like, Oh, what's been going on? I'm like, I have a million projects, but none of them are doing anything. You know, I'm just, yeah. just working away, just constantly like trying to get to that next level. But where I am right now is exactly where my younger self used to dream of being. And I do try and remind myself that every single day that I am living the exact life that that little girl had dreamt up, you know, yeah. but now I just got to keep on dreaming, you know, cause it's never enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it, when you bring up being in LA, it's it's also this weird thing because even if you just go to the grocery store, you see like everybody here is trying to do the same thing, mm-hmm. and everybody here is always camera ready. Yeah. So do do you feel that way too? You go out and you're just constantly competing with like everybody you see. I don't leave my house without some like at least like a tinted moisturizer on. Like that's what I said. <laughs> like I also like spray tan all the time. I put in yeah. my hair extensions to go to the gym. Like I, I am that girl like all the way. And I do not leave my house without looking good. I remember recently I was out watering my plants in a robe and like somebody I knew walked by and I was so embarrassed that they saw me at like my most real. And I was like, Oh my God, that moment is going to live in their head. Like rent free. Like they saw me look horrendous, you know? Yeah. Mm. And it's, I've seen that person since and they didn't say anything about me looking like a hobo, but in my head, (laughs) I don't think anybody's going to be like, Hey, I saw you last Tuesday looking like shit, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I think. That's what I think they're thinking. Yeah. Right. Well, the question then is: is this a uh, is this a a you problem or is it a public figure problem? Mm, that's good because I will say I do get recognized when I go out a lot, and I've and I've been recognized when I don't look good, and I always think to myself like, man, I wish I would have like right. at least you know, looked a little bit better because if they want to take a picture with me or something like that. So I am constantly thinking about that and I'm single. So I'm also always thinking like, what if I meet the love of my life while I'm out? You know, what if he also (laughs) needs bread? You know? Yeah. 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 I'm always hopeful. And for that reason, I guess I always, always make a point to be some way ready. Even if it's just in my workout gear, I still work out in Lululemon, you know? So it's like, I'm still doing it. So it's, so if you're yeah. out and you're not, and you're looking less than ideally how you want to look, yeah. will you turn down a picture or do you feel like you can't? Um, I feel like I really can't turn down photos just mm. because I love my fans so much. My life quite literally would not be what it is without yeah. them. So, um, and they love me at my rarest form, which is, you know, my biggest request from my OnlyFans page is that people see me without my hair extensions, without my makeup. They love like my first thing in the morning or they love like me getting ready for bed. Like that mm-hmm. kind of stuff is like their jam. Cause it's like yeah. something that other people don't get. 
So that uh, feeds directly into what I'm working on in therapy, which is replacing uh, but with and. And, mm. you know, this idea that uh, this duality in life of this can be true and also this. Mm-hmm. And so I think that I'm applying it to my own self-image and self-love where I know my flaws and I know what's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, oh, I can't be attractive to other people or they won't find me this way because I know this about me. I feel that same way. Yeah. And this is, uh, I think the flip side of this is you're proving that that's correct Right. These fans are saying that they love you when mm-hmm. they see you without the extra so without the mm-hmm. hair extensions, without the makeup and all of these things. Mm-hmm. And but you are caught up so much in I have to look perfect yes. all the time. Mm-hmm. And I wish that, you know, we could lean more into that acceptance of yeah. it's OK that the neighbor saw me in my robe. Yeah. You know, (laughs) I still look great. I still am, you know, uh, beautiful. I still am valuable. I still am attractive. All these things that we, you know, kind of push the negative. It's easier to write the words on the page. And I feel them for the moments I'm writing them. Like when I'm journaling to myself and I can tell myself I'm beautiful, you're smart, you're funny, you're a good Mm -hmm. businesswoman, all those things. And in that moment, I'm like my own personal hype girl. And I'm like, yeah. And then I walk outside and I'm like, okay, but maybe not. Because I also, I (laughs) go to the gym first thing in the morning at Equinox in Santa Monica. And it's like every beautiful human, you know, out there. And I'm like, okay, it's comparing myself to everybody all day long. So Yeah. 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 Writing, Writing it down is one thing and believing it is a... Yeah. It's a whole different battle. Yeah, absolutely. And I've also been single for 16 years. So I start Damn. to feel like it is me, you know, like I am the problem, <laughs> you know, yeah. and like getting into a relationship. I like, I, I think exactly that. Like, how could anybody love me? You know, like my ass is flabby, you know, like there would be nobody who would want to be around me because I have a flabby ass <laughs> or like, because I eat snacks. I actually had a man tell me one time I ate like a five-year-old and I was like, maybe that's why he broke up with me. He doesn't like I snack wow. so much. Like, so I am constantly just thinking all the little things I'm doing wrong that other, why other people don't like me. Right. Yeah. yeah instead of focusing on why people do like exactly. you. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a fucking, yeah. Good luck breaking that cycle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You got the wrong guys. (laughs) We can't get out of that. (laughs) So do you find in relationships that uh, what you do for work, does that make it harder to connect with people or do they idealize you in any type of way? Uh, So I've kind of had both ways. I've had people who, um, when I met them, like that wasn't even a thought in their brain. You know, I dated a guy for like, two and a half years on and off and he never even brought up adult it was never a thing to him he wasn't really on social media I don't ever know if he watched my porn we didn't discuss it he didn't ever want to talk about my work and we just had our relationship and it was so nice but then I've had the opposite where they knew what I did for a living and it was almost like they were taking me out to showboat me to their friends. Oh, yeah, God. But oh. that same person who was showboating me to their personal, like, guy friends would never, like, post me on social media at all. Like, would never put any pictures or, like, I would tag something and he, like, wouldn't, like, accept it or whatever. And I'm like, okay, so you wanted to show me off to your guy friends, but you won't put me on social media because you are dating other people or hoping that this, you know, somebody doesn't find out about me. So... Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of like a hidden secret, but uh, mm. but a brag, a brag and a secret all in the same. So it does make it very difficult for sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
How does that leave you feeling in relationships when that happens? Um, I think it always comes back to that same narrative that, you know, well, for one, my mother has said to me many a times because she's a deeply religious woman, uh, is that, you know, no man will ever love me because of the decisions that I've made in life. And then you hear it on the internet all, all day long, you know, how I'm, I'm soulless and I'm a piece of trash and that no, you know, that I'll never have a successful relationship. These are random people on the internet who I, of course, know their opinions don't really matter, but it, it does hit, you know? Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. And it starts to, when you hear it so many times, you're like, well, maybe they're right. Maybe I will never fall in love. But weirdly, that's not like my biggest fear. I have two aunts that um, are some of my favorite people in the world and they never married, never had any kids and they live very happy like lives. One of them traveled the world, drove Ferraris. Like I just, I idolized my single aunts. And so I don't have like a problem with like, oh, well, you'll never be married. You'll never be a mom. I never wanted to be a mom, you know? So, and now that I'm like a wealthy, successful woman myself, like I thought I always needed a man. I thought I needed somebody to like support me and be there. And when I kind of shook off the whole, like you need somebody and just said like, pull up your fucking bootstraps, girl, like you got to do this. Like then I made money and I was able to take care of myself. And now I'm just like, "Eh, if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. But it does still get in my head that it won't happen because of the porn. And that, mm. that does bother me because I hate to think that because I chose to um, be open and free with my sexuality, which by the way, I've always been open and free with my sexuality. So um, if no one was going to love me, it's so weird that, that making money off of sex is what is like the turning point for people where they're like, absolutely not. You've been on camera and you've made money. And I'm like, okay, but everyone is having sex. They're just doing it for free. And a lot of people are hitting record, you know, you just don't get (laughs) to see it, you know? So it's weird that the money makes it the problem for so many people. But I'm like, I love the money. So if that's the problem, then (laughs) we're not meant to be, I guess. Yeah. I saw a line of dialogue in a show one time where, um, this woman said, essentially, Essentially what you're saying is that, yeah, money makes it the problem because then you're not able to be controlled the way you want to be controlled. Yeah. You're basically taking ownership of yourself. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, somebody the other day commented something about like, oh, like sarcastically, like, oh, you're such a good role model for young girls. And I was like, I actually think I am because they can tell them that they can do whatever they want in life. So they want to be sexual or don't want to be sexual. Yeah. They can do what they want with their bodies in the same way a man can. No one has ever said to a man, like, you can't have sex. Like, look at fucking Hugh Hefner. And, like, every man is like, oh, he's like the king of men, dead now. But, you know, rest in peace. And his dick, I'm sure, got plenty of of action. And nobody (laughs) was like, oh, he'll never find happiness. You know, never find a wife. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's so crazy. Like, he found happiness. I think he was doing all right, you know? So same with me. Like I'm, I'm doing just fine. (laughs) I have no lack of, of friends of male attention. I have no lack of sex, you know, like no lack of money. I don't know what people want to like threaten not being in a relationship with like, Oh, that's never going to happen for you. I'm like, okay, well you're never going to travel the world in first class. So we all have different, (laughs) you know, objectives. We're even (laughs) Becky. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. I don't think it's Becky. (laughs) (laughs) 
How how involved are you in reading the comments? And I mean, are you are you pretty good at staying out of them? Or no, I read all the comments. I <sighs> I I, I, I control my social media. People people are like, oh, she doesn't run her social media. I absolutely run my social media. I post on that shit fucking nine times a day. Um, I run everything and I read everything. But here's what I've done lately, Mike. Is I've started if they are being super like derogatory towards me. Um, I block them. <laughs> I yeah. just don't even deal with it anymore. Really? I used to fight back and, you know, I get so upset about it, but I've also just gotten to a point where I'm like, you know what? I don't even need it. If they've just been shitty, I just go to their account and just hit the little block button and I don't deal with them ever again. And people are like, oh, she deletes bad comments. Yeah, she does. And she deletes bad people too. So I don't need yeah. the negativity in my life. Like I want to see the positives. So I wish I could do that. Man. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm such a people pleaser. They can like, yeah. just scream at me. I'll be like, I, I can't get rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> I need to hear this. I'm a people pleaser too, but you can't make everybody happy. Well, you know? I'm trying. Yeah. You know, I'm really out here trying to make everybody happy and everybody love me. Yeah. But just the fact that you're a white guy, you're already going to have some haters. Yeah, I'm already hated. You know? Yeah. So yeah. you just got to take it, take it for what it is. You know? We were just talking about how interesting it is to live in an era where people are making decisions about people based on these 30 or 60 second clips that they see of them yeah. online yeah. and they just kind of label you as this way or that way mm -hmm. from just a short amount of time. They're like, Oh, I saw one clip and this is, and then a lot of times they'll never go back yeah. to, we, we've talked about this cause we had some clips blow up here recently and I was reading through the comments and I was like, man, this is what they think. And like, what did they think of you by the way? There was a couple of them that were, um, the ones that I, I love are, uh, there's a couple of them that were, we were talking about crying and showing emotion. And a few of them were like, uh, uh, man up and stuff. Or like, you know, yeah. don't be such a man. And, you know, I'm like, I have never claimed to be a man my whole life. <laughs> I was raised by two very independent women, yeah. very strong-willed yeah. women. And I, most of my uh, friend groups growing up were all women and things yeah. like this. And it's like... I, I can't name a quarterback other than Joe Montana. <laughs> oh my God. So these comments that That's are like. not true. The other day he said Troy Aikman. I did say, I do know Troy Aikman. <laughs> <Yeah>. Nobody, nobody <laughs> currently no, playing yeah. as quarterback. I, yeah. No fucking idea. Yeah. <laughs> and so the comments I love are people are like, you need to fucking stop trying to be such a man. And I'm like, I'm not ever trying to do that. That's not the problem. <laughs> yeah. We received a DM today. That was two paragraphs long. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. Talking about just completely analyzing our friendship about like oh, just the dynamic between you two. And I'm like, we've known each other for over 10 years. Yeah. yeah. They watched one clip. Yeah. And they're like, and they know your lives. They know our friendship. Yeah. And, how we, and I'm just like, oh, these people are wild, man. Yeah. 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 That's the thing. I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying really hard to stay out of the comments, but I, you know, I'm calling him every day. Like, yeah. this is fucking, yeah. <laughs> can you believe this? Well, you know what? Be lucky you don't get your period because one week out of the month, I'm a fucking psycho in that comment section. And then, you know, the the blood dries up and then I'm sane again. But I think yeah. if you had a period, yeah. you would blow some we, shit up. We, we have a no smoke. <laughs> he might. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We we have a no smoke policy. Yeah, uh, that we uh, yeah we try to stay uh, yeah. no smoke yeah. on the on the uh, comment section. A, I'm a pretty good shit talker. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> I would love to light up a lot of these yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't let me. Mm. So. Yeah, no smoke, no smoke, no smoke. Mm. 
but we we do get a lot of positive comments too, and that yeah. and that's a good thing. And but here's the thing: is the high majority, the high majority is positive, are yeah. positive, but we can't focus on that. And that's, nobody can. No. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was wondering. I imagine Mm-mm. because a men are the worst. And yeah, I can't imagine the messages and comments that you receive yeah um but through there you have to have a lot of positive messages do you ever focus on those or do you is it always because like us like we always uh, are just bitching about the negative ones yeah uh, are you are you stuck on those no i definitely notice the good ones and i try and comment back on the good ones also and i try to like interact with those people so they know i do see them and i do appreciate it but the ones that mean the most to me are when people talk about my character or hmm. you know how i make their day brighter or something like that like I love those or if someone calls me like intelligent or something like oh you're so well spoken I'm like oh thank you Jesus that's what that's <laughs> yeah. what I really need like I just need the basic of compliments I don't need to hear I'm hot I don't need to hear that you want to have sex with me right. I need to hear that you think I have a, a grain of intelligence that's that's my best comment. Yeah. Nice. Get ready for a million yeah. guys yeah. on the yeah. now yeah. being like, by the way, I just want to say, <laughs> yeah. you look like you can read cursive. <laughs> yeah. We what love you. Fuck? <laughs> Isn't it crazy that cursive is no longer a thing in school? It is kind of wild. Yeah. 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 They just taught us a whole thing and they're like, you know what? That was worthless. Yeah, you like, guys yeah. don't need that. We, forget we type everything now. Yeah. I don't even type. I voice text there you go. everything. Yeah. Yeah. Typing is my nemesis at this point. How long till they just quit teaching math? Because everybody has a calculator all the time. I didn't know they were. They're doing some kind of new math now, and I've heard that. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't understand old math. Yeah, same. <laughs> like I'm I still s- trying to learn that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not good. I play these brain games on my phone every morning. They're called Elevate. They're really fun, by the way. Nice. You, as I have dementia and Alzheimer's in my family, so I'm like trying to race against yeah. time to keep a brain cell or two, mm-hmm. and. Uh, these games, they have math and like subtraction, but I'm sure they have division and multiplication, but I haven't made it past addition <laughs> yeah. and subtraction yet because they start you at a basic level. Well, they test you and then they start you at the level that you need to go at. I love that they test you first <laughs> yeah. and then you're like, yeah, I didn't make it. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't make I'm the cut. I'm still at addition and subtraction and I'm not nailing all of those. So yeah. So it's funny. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> I would love for you guys to take the test and see where they start you. So. We just do it. we just took an autistic test. Yeah. <laughs> I did. We really did take an. Are I you autistic? An, nope. Okay. No, Surprisingly, yeah. no. Yeah, we were very surprised. Yeah. We were like, I think we're autistic. Yeah. I thought Asperger's for sure. Yeah. But yeah, according to Google, I'm not autistic. Yeah, nope. you're not that socially awkward, so you're good. Well, yeah. Stick around a little bit. Yeah. We'll so you, after these here. cameras go yeah. off, we'll see. You've been here ten minutes, but okay. And we are in your home. Yeah. Maybe in public, it might be a little bit different. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. You uh, you were talking earlier about talking to your younger self and yeah. journaling and all these mm-hmm. things, and this is something that. Lou's working on now with younger self stuff and do you find that helpful and do you have any tips or tricks that go along with uh, digging into that I mean I find it super helpful honestly uh sometimes it makes me cry in the mornings like when I am talking to that little girl because I also have a stack um, I'm so like my mornings are all about just like wellness and Zen, you know? So I have this, um, stack of like affirmation, um, cards that I go Mm -hmm. through. And so I also pull an affirmation card every day. And then whatever that affirmation is like, that's what I like sit down and, and talk to my little younger self about and like build her back up. But 
my biggest suggestion to anybody is when you are in those moments and you are really down on yourself. And especially for me, it's, um, you know, I'm like, I'm not doing enough. You know, I see other creators doing X, Y, and Z, or they have so much more followers than me. So I'm always like, you're not doing enough. You're not doing enough. And then I have to like, you know, bring myself back to reality. And I'm like, no, this is, you are at your own pace. You are not in a rat race with these people. You are you. Mm. And you know, and this is, this is, my dad always said I was a line leader when I was a little kid and I did. I love to be in the front of the line. I love to be the first one there. And so I always like, you're a born leader, you know, you're a born leader, like little one, you got this, like keep going. And it's just very inspirational to talk to her because I see me and I point out all the problems, but I see her and I'm like, oh, she's so perfect and she has no idea what this world is about to do to her. And if you believe in like the, you know, that we live in a dimension of like the time, you know, like right next to us is another time in another dimension. And I, I I don't know what I believe in, but I kind of think that maybe that's true. So I feel like I can like be the little girls right there and I can like talk to her right now. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this for you. Like I'm going to be strong today because I want you to know that you are a strong like you little girl, you grow up to be such a strong woman, you know? And that's why like I do the things that I do and I keep going because I'm doing it for her for when she grows up. Doesn't that make, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Is that what journaling has always been to you is writing to your younger self? Mm -mm. That was something that my therapist, my last therapist kind of introduced to me before. Um, I was journaling because an old roommate, um, was a big journaler, but then it was kind of just like, um, really manifestations is what I was doing before, which also I still do a lot of manifestations as well. Um, but that was kind of what I was doing and it was kind of just like talking about my day and general stuff, you know, but now it's more pointed towards, you know, why I work so hard and Mm. what the end goal is for me. And it all kind of ties back to that little girl because I was also like, that little girl that I told you about with reading a book to her animals, like she's a five-year-old, like four or five. But then at like uh, 11 is when I was molested for the first time. And so like, I know that that's coming for her, <laughs> you know, like I know she hits that eventually. And I know like all of the the trauma that came along with that. And a big part of why I do what I do is I want to send a message to girls about sexuality. When I was a little kid, I always thought, because I was molested for so many years, like as a teen, like early adolescence, and then I just had a lot of sexual attention from men in high school. And, you know, not all things went as planned in those situations either. So as a little girl, I would always like, oh, when I grow up, I'm going to, I'm going to be the person who, you know, maybe I go to colleges and I talk to young girls about how to feel okay with their sexuality. Cause I was always like slut shamed when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and even by my molester, when I was a little teeny girl, my molester would tell me that I was ruined for the world because like nobody would want me because of what he had done. Like, yeah. so I was already ruined at that point. So my message that I always wanted to send to other girls is like, you're not ruined. Your sexuality doesn't take away who you are. Like losing your virginity doesn't change who you are. You know, like having sex with one person or having sex with a hundred people doesn't change who you are, your character, or anything like that. So it all kind of ties in and I am working for her and I'm working for all the things that I know she runs into later in life. And I know that other girls run into in their life and it's just trying to make the world easier and better for them. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I got really deep. 
No. <laughs> I love it. It, it. it was a turn. I was like... <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, no. Oh, that's, that's what we're here for. Yeah. Um, what was that childhood like with... In the, in the in between from five to 11 and yeah um yeah you know what's weird is you don't know what your childhood you don't know any different I guess because it's just how you grow up and then you get older and you look back and you're like oh okay well maybe that wasn't like how things should have been going um but I think I had a pretty like general childhood I mean I do come from like a family of divorce my parents divorced when I was little but my parents always loved me and my brother like I never felt unloved but my brother was super talented. And so my family was always like, um, like doting on his accolades and the fact that he did things so well. And like, he was a very good musician. So he always got voice lessons and music lessons. And my family kind of spent all their extra time doing his stuff. And so I was kind of just like the extra kid. Like I was just like his little sister. Mm. You know? yeah. So, yeah. so I was always trying to like make a name for myself, but that's why I was also, uh, we're going real deep again. <laughs> also, I was always suicidal because I was, it wasn't even necessarily like I wanted to take my life. It was just like I was trying to get attention from everybody in my life. And mm. I was like, hey guys, I'm here. Hey guys, I'm here. And if you don't care, then I guess I'll just die. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so it was always just like cries for attention. Um, that's what those years, I think that's kind of what my whole like adolescence was like, was like giant cries for attention of how like I get people to, for one, see me and for two, to like, treat me kind I had to move high schools because of like how slut shamed I was and I was a virgin of my own doing it wasn't like you know my molester never fucked me by the way he just molested me with items (laughs) okay um so I had never like had sex at my own fruition whatsoever and I was like still shut slut shamed in my first high school just because I was like an attractive female that men were yeah was it mainly from men or was it from women that you were getting the shame from or Mm, a little both both I had done something really stupid my freshman year of high school Um, my girlfriend my best friend at the time she had a boyfriend and they were having sex and so for Valentine's Day she shaved a heart and her pubes for him (laughs) classic yeah who hasn't done that you know right and so I was like that's so cute I was like I'm gonna shave mine in the shape of a diamond and I did and I was at a field party as you do when you grow up in Mm -hmm. um ruler ruler eras areas Mm -hmm. um I know about those yeah (laughs) they're in the cornfields yeah exactly (laughs) no fields for me yeah it's the only way you can drink and not have the uh exactly yeah yeah so we're out at this field party and uh I showed a senior boy my pubes Mm. and that was like the end of my career at that high school because everyone the next like week came to school like diamond cutter like I would walk down the halls and people would be like diamond cutter I would walk into a gymnasium and like crowds of people would stand up and do this diamond cutter to me as I walked in and I'm a freshman I am like so terrified of high schoolers anyway it was just it was a nightmare so it was boys and girls everyone was just like I was the joke of the school yeah Yeah, it sucked it sucked so bad so when did you I know you mentioned before we started recording that you started therapy younger. Oh, yeah. I mean, because I started attempting suicide at such a young age. I can't even, I don't remember the first time, but I do remember like 
you know, somebody told me you could stick a fork in a socket. I'm down there trying to stick forks in, in sockets. Like I was trying yeah. to do any, I was running away all the time. Like I was just trying to get so much attention. And so that's when my family was like, well, put her on therapy. She's crazy. You know? So yeah. it was therapy at a very young age. And then, um, at 24, I actually had a successful suicide. Uh, I was found dead on arrival at that suicide attempt and I was put in a mental facility for oh, wow. weeks oh my God. on end after that. But yeah, so my whole life, like I've been in therapy. Yeah. <laughs> What's weird is like with my porn career and like with the success of my porn career, this is like the happiest I've ever been in life. And yet the world is the meanest they've ever been to me. <laughs> 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 yeah and it's kind of just like seems how that works yeah yeah, yeah. people hate to see you happy it's, oh yeah yeah they yeah. love to drag you down mm-hmm. yeah. when did you if it ever happened yeah when did you ever find therapy to be beneficial for you mm, definitely not as a kid yeah yeah it, it didn't really do anything for me as a kid because i still felt just like you know, the people I wanted to be listening to me, which was like my parents and my family weren't listening to me. They were just shipping me off to somebody else, you know, so I never felt heard or seen. Um, I think recently the therapist I had here in LA was a big help. She was the one who was, you know, telling me to talk to my younger child and, and, um, Occasionally I still get like, um, like flashes of my molester. And like when I would have those moments, I would kind of shut down mm-hmm. and I, this is honestly might be the first time I've ever talked about him and not been in tears. So a big thing with, with my therapy with her was her telling me like how to get past those thoughts instead of when I talk about him, it would flood my brain and I would just get overwhelmed with emotion but she would touch, you know, teach me things about like pressure points that I could like do to myself or like places where I could like, like mm. touch myself or rub. Not that sounds so bad. <laughs> That's not, uh, not touch myself and rub one out. Yeah. But you know what yeah. I'm saying? Just like pressure points that kind of like calm you down and bring you yeah. back to a normal base. Self-soothing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it was just like things that was like, okay, you're okay. You're okay. So that was her big thing was like bringing me back to a normal and not letting me spiral into those low points again because mm. i have a tendency to when it's bad it's bad i i've always thought maybe i'm a bit bipolar because i have such dramatic highs and dramatic lows in my mm. life but i also haven't felt those dramatic lows of depression this this recent therapist wasn't because i was having depression at all it's just because i like i truly enjoy a therapist i enjoy somebody to talk to you know yeah. and i feel especially when I was at the height of my success and I was, you know, making money hand over fist. It's not that anymore. It's leveled out. Um, but I also got to a point where I was like, I can't tell anybody how well I'm doing because nobody in my family is doing as well as I am. None of my friends are doing as well as I am. And it felt like I can't even celebrate my wins. You know, when I was at my highest, my brother was at his lowest, you know? And I was like, I don't, he's the person I would call and like celebrate my stuff, you know, and I can't do that. So that was a big reason I took that therapist on but yeah she was the biggest help for me but i had already like overcome my like suicide attempts like i haven't been suicidal since my the time where i was successful and you know committed to a mental institution after that i realized (laughs) that i could do it you know and i was like i don't think i really i don't think that was really what i was going for (laughs) you realize how quick it can go yeah 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 yeah. Mine was I drank bleach. <laughs> so so immediately like the fear like it 
burns. Don't do it. Um, it burns so <laughs> bad. Solid tip. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, it burns so instantly. And I called 911 on myself because I was like, oh my God, what have I just done? That hurts so bad. And I don't even remember. I remember telling them what I did, but I don't remember even hanging up with them. And then, of course, they sent people to my house, kicked down my door and found me dead on arrival and like pumped my stomach on the way to the hospital, and, like brought me back. But yeah, once you realize that like, OK, fuck, I've gone too far, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like when people talk about when they jump off the bridge, as soon as they jump, they're like, oh, shit. Like that was me drinking the bleach, because when you're in that moment, you're like, how do I just I just got to end it because it hurts. It hurts so yeah. bad and you just want to end the pain. But then you feel the pain of like that coming over where you're like, oh my God, this is going to burn through all of my, like this yeah. is burning through my insides. I'm going to fucking die here. Like yeah. this is yeah. it. And then it's like a whole snap and you're like, that was never really what I wanted, you know? Yeah, I, I that's for me what I'm like, well, I don't want to like ruin their lives. But I think when I was little, I did. I think I did want to ruin their lives with my right, dad. Right, because you were mad at them about yeah. the, the lack of attention and yeah. all those things. So you're like, well, I'll show you. I'll make you hurt like you've hurt me. Yes. I want you to feel the pain yeah. I'm feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So is your relationship good with all your family now? Mm, yeah. I mean, for the most part, obviously, my my super religious mom has um, choice words. And every I'd say every like few years, her and I get into a, like a screaming battle and we don't talk for a few months. But yeah. uh, we always come back to the point of like, she's my mom and I'm her kid. And we both know that she's not going to live forever. I'm not going to live forever. You know, who knows who comes first. But, you know, we just always kind of come back to it. But it's not super healthy. But <laughs> yeah. the, the rest of my family is, is um, supportive, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, I am close with them. And I will say when I, the suicide, um, I always call it my successful suicide. My successful suicide at 24. Um, when I was brought to the hospital, of course, I was completely uh, you know, unconscious. I don't remember any of that. But I woke up in, um, in a straitjacket in a padded room. And it was just like the fucking movies. There was a tiny little window on the door and that was it. And I was all alone and I'm like strapped to this gurney and I'm screaming. And I felt like I was screaming for like five minutes for somebody. And I see this like fucking nurse Jackie come up to the little window and she like slides it open. And I was like, what is going on? Like, I want to get out of here. I want to check out. And she was like, oh, you can't go anywhere. She was like, you came in here under police supervision like attempting suicide is illegal and so I was basically under arrest oh wow yeah even though like I was old enough to like sign myself out of like a medical facility I wasn't old enough I mean I, you couldn't it didn't matter in age because suicide is illegal in the state of Missouri so I'm a prisoner and I'm a prisoner of the state and because of that they like you know they were like you want to call somebody and like tell you know i was like well i probably should call my family and like tell them i'm here they're gonna wonder yeah you know <laughs> yeah. where i've gone um they're like we didn't notice your brother had a thing going on and <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly uh so they they did they all came to the hospital and and i'm still strapped to this fucking gurney and my padded room and my whole family's there and it was so surreal because I'm in and out of consciousness the whole time because, you know, I really did a number on, oops, sorry. I really did a number on myself. So I'm just kind of like coming in and out and I can see, I can hear them over me and like they're arguing, 
because my mom is mad that I didn't call her. I had called my, the, the whole night that I tried suicide was just a, it's a whole shit show of a night and I don't even want to, it's a long story. Anyway, so I had called my aunt to kind of like help me out of a bad situation. So my mom was mad. I had called my aunt and then um, my dad was mad because uh, she had left me at my house alone knowing that I was like, super upset, you know, like, how could you not know she was about to go do this and all of these things. And so everybody's like yelling at each other on top of me. And I like kind of came to, and I was like, you know, I'm here, I'm fine. But it was like, I was felt like I was in my own coffin. I was at my funeral and I'm like looking at all of my family, like, like yeah. just surrounding my body. So yeah, super surreal moment when it's like everybody in your family is just crying yeah. and bawling over what you've done, you know? Yeah. It's also those, it's weird in those moments when, like all you need is comfort and love, mm-hmm. but your family is so upset yeah. and, they're, and they're so hurt yeah. that they're like mad at you for what yes. you've done. Yeah. And because they, totally they don't know how to like mm-hmm. communicate with you and you're like, you're not doing it right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> this isn't it. Yeah. 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 Not what I need right now. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Families. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you're saying that you're happier than ever now. And, yeah. And we, I think, I think a lot of times we, uh, you know, we, we think of the, the porn industry as, as a safe place for obviously sexual activity, right? Everybody, mm-hmm. you hear all the rumors about people getting tested all the time and to work yeah. and all it's these things. It's not a rumor. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. I, know, I was <laughs> like, true. what a weird yeah. thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not rumors. in the industry, so it's a rumor to me. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard yeah. it. Okay. There's a lot of testing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's a safe it's safe sex, but is yeah. it a, is it a safe space for you know mental I, illness and anxiety, depression, all of these things that go along with being a fucking human? Yeah. So yes and no. I'll say that. Um, so we have a thing called I always want to call it Pineapple Express, but it's called Pineapple Support, <laughs> and it is a mental health um, resources for people in the adult industry, um, and they're very good at you know being there for people, but that's if you reach out to them, you know, it's not Mm. like they're knocking on everybody's door and making sure everybody's doing okay. It is being in this field. I always say, I wish to God they would raise the age, the minimum age to 25. Um, because you don't at 25 is when your brain is fully developed, right? We all know that. But the last thing to develop in your brain is the ability to like understand long-term consequences So I think that a lot of these people don't realize that what getting into porn is actually going to do for the rest of your life. And so I think when they get in as a, you know, a young teen and 18 and they come in and they're making all this money and then they're like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore for, you know, whatever reason. Well, they now were this scarlet letter, you know, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of things that they can't do. You know, a lot of people that, you know, will never hire them for things. Um, and you lose respect of people in your life. You know, I've lost, you know, friends, um, and family. I, my stepbrothers and sisters won't speak to me. I'm not even allowed to be at my mom's house for Christmas or Thanksgiving because my stepbrothers and sisters, you know, like you lose people along the way and the online comments are super rough, you know? So you do have to have like really thick skin and you have to know who you are, before getting into porn. And I think it, it doesn't always happen that way. I think, unfortunately, a lot of men are scouting young girls. Like I have met girls in the porn industry. I hate even saying this cause it's so skeezy 
But I've met girls in the porn industry who told me that they were um, hedge hunted basically when they were in high school. That people were like, let me know when you turn 18. Like, we'd love to have you. And I'm like, that's fucking gross. And and men are doing this? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wait a minute. Let me get this straight. Yeah. And it's so gross. You hear, I've heard stories about people like Drake, like, you know, those big, like high level guys that they... Let me know when you're 18. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's so gross. It is gross. Because those girls don't have any idea what they're getting into. And of course, like dating an older, rich man sounds amazing. Or getting into porn and making hundreds of thousands of dollars sounds amazing. But you don't understand all the consequences that are going to come along with it. Right. Yeah, it is. It's really, it's a tough, tough mental space to be in. That's why I think you, I mean, you have to have just a business backbone about all of it i think that's the only way you truly succeed in the porn industry is like just keep it business you know just keep it moving know what it is and make your money and you know yeah get out or don't i don't think i'll ever leave the adult but yeah yeah you think you're i just i always want to be some way involved in it even Mm. if i'm not acting i want to be an activist you know i i do a podcast it's a sex education podcast like stuff like that i always want to be some way involved because of like i said that little girl like my little girl i talk to her and i'm like i'm gonna fix this i'm gonna fix how the world treats you yeah you know and future girls so yeah, good that, for you. I love it. Like stigma that's around <laughs> pornography. It's crazy. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, how do you deal with that on a because we're talking about approval through comments and online mm-hmm. and obviously all these other things, but how does that affect the day-to-day life of just mm. your mental health? I don't think it does affect my day-to-day life. Honestly, I don't truly think about what other people are thinking that often like I am a people pleaser but at the end of the day I know I'm not everyone's cup of tea I know not everyone is going to like me I mean I struggle to make my own mom like me so I get it I know (laughs) you know I know what the brainwashing has done to a lot of people and maybe I'm fucking brainwashed you know like I like to think that the porn industry is like a home to me because I've I've met a lot of really amazing people who treat me really well and I have a good friend circle there. So I feel comfortable there, but you know, you don't ever know you're in a cult until you get out of it, you know? (laughs) So who fucking knows? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we always say you don't know you're in it when you're in it. Yeah. Yeah. Whether that's a bad relationship or a toxic situation or whatever, it's hard to recognize when you're in it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Maybe in 10 years, I'm like, oh my God, I can't. Well, I don't ever think I'll say I can't believe I did that. Actually, I'm going to be like, oh my God, look how fucking hot I used to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see those Arabs? Oh my God. Your neighbors are going to be like, I saw you in your yeah. robe once. <laughs> yeah. Why Not is, impressed. Why is everybody old with you? <laughs> it's always the old man voice. I can't imagine a young man yelling at her and being like, by the way, <laughs> looking like shit. <laughs> hey, man. No one yelled. That's the point. Yeah. I'm saying eventually. You know? Okay, sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. But the thing is, it's also a man that I would like to sleep with eventually. So, yeah, that's why I was like, man, um, I can't believe he saw me like this. Uh, that's, yeah. see, that's where it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a normal neighbor, I might not have cared. Mm, yeah. 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 <laughs> Somebody with a little potential. She's yeah. like, fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the truth is, he hasn't thought about it since. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. I'm hoping so. Lou has to remind me of that all the time. Yeah. Like, I'm like hung up on something. He's like, hey man, they're not, they don't care. They'll they're not thinking th- about that. They're never going to think about that ever again. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. That's so hard to wrap my mind around. When, shit like the one's that. last time you saw somebody like embarrass themselves and you think about it again. Every day I think about it. 
<laughs> Shut the fuck up. I'm still angry about people that park wrong. You know what I mean? Like, Ugh. I could tell you. I hate bad parkers. <laughs> I do. Like, I could tell you vivid memories of. Yeah. You are unwell. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a I'm little a, bit. I'm a road rager too, so I yeah. I Ugh. remember when people piss me off in traffic. I've followed people <laughs> way too far before. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, before we get out of here, I'm gonna I'm we're gonna go deep again. Oh God, okay. All right. All right. So after your quote unquote successful suicide, yeah. Jesus, that's what she that's said. What I, call I it. know, but that's what I call it. What am no, I, I get it. It's just yeah. what am I supposed to say? Yeah. The last I, I attempt. I just didn't think this is where you were going. The this last is, attempt. Before we get out of here, yeah. let's. I'm, we're going deep. Let's yeah. get back to this time. Yeah. Um, and you said it was this awakening for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Obviously, there's ups and downs in life since then. Mm-hmm. So, what is then the stopping point from other attempts moving you know, forward? You know, weirdly, I've just not been that sad again. It's so weird to say, but. I think that I used to get into this place and I, I don't think I know I would spend like days in bed. Like I wouldn't wash my hair. I wouldn't get up. I wouldn't do anything. And I have not been in that place for so long. Like I used to just weep in my bed and just like wish that somebody would call me, you know, and just be like, Oh, I no one cares. Like it hurts so bad. And now there's not a single day where I don't get up, make my bed, like it helps that I have fucking cats jumping on my chest at 4.30. But like feed the cats, get up, do my journaling, do my, you know, my meditations, get in a workout. I have so many things that are so ritual in my day now that are about making my day better and just like being the best version of myself that there's like, there's no chance my brain can even like fall back into that. I don't have that kind of sadness in me anymore. I just haven't felt that way. It's so weird because I look back at that person and I can talk about the person who's committed suicide like a totally different person because I do not identify with that at all anymore. That's why people get like, they don't understand when I don't like being called my birth name anymore because to me, I'm like, Kristen is fucking dead. I actually killed her. Sylvia is a strong, badass woman and that's how I want you to address me. Like this girl has got her fucking shit together and I love Sylvia and I just want it, everyone to call me Sylvia. Like it pisses me off when even people from my hometown like write it in the comment section. I'm like, block them, get the fuck out of here. Nice. <laughs> Don't bring up that sad girl anymore. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so a lot, of your, a lot of your day is dedicated to really doing the work to maintain, it is. maintain yeah. your mental health. 110%. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. Got to do the work. Yeah. It's funny too, because my, my personal trainer was trying to get me to do earlier sessions in the morning. I was like, you don't understand. Like my mornings are my time. Like that's when I kind of like put myself together, like truly like wake up and like make life worth living and then go live my life. <laughs> <You know>? Oh, <laughs> Yeah. 